Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Friends, today, I want us to consider going to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. The New King James Version reads as such, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Friends, today I want to encourage you with this simple topic. Because he lives... I can face today and tomorrow because he leaves, lives, excuse me. I can face today and tomorrow. Friends, it was Bill and Gloria Gaither who wrote the song, Because He Lives. The lyrics of this timeless chorus says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know who holds the future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Friends, this song was written at quite the chaotic time. My friends, paint the picture for you. It was 1971. There were threats of war. There were betrayals of national and personal trust and a lot of downright social upheaval. This song is quite nice, but as I fast forward and stop at the section of our lives called today, I see a great deal of social upheaval going on as well. I see the threats of wars. I see racism rising. I see police brutality happening. I see the coronavirus touching people's lives in negative ways. I even know that we are quarantined at this moment. I understand before the coronavirus that women were still not always valued in society. And yet, as Christians, if we look directly into everything that's going on in our life, it is a whole lot going on. But how many of you know personally that the best stories, the best products, and the best moments are produced in the midst of turbulent times? Friends, it's when you're tired that God gives you strength. It's when you're weak that God makes you strong. It's when you lose hope that God gives hope. It's when you doubt that God delivers. It's when you think things won't turn out in your favor, that God blocks the last blow to your life, reverses the situation and causes an uh-oh moment to be unconditionally great. Friends, we have hope and don't you ever forget it. 
But if I look right now into 2 Corinthians, you got to understand today that the Corinth was the place, it was a great commercial center at the time of this text. It connected people to the world. But due to everything being at the fingertips of these people, they also had various beliefs that they had access to as well, other than belief in Jesus. There were many things that these people could worship. However, my good brother and friend Paul, in the text. He's writing to the church at Corinth to clarify and to remind them to keep Jesus in the center of it all. Paul is telling them in 1 Corinthians very succinctly this, just stop the foolishness believers and just be faithful. But these good believers, they didn't want to listen. And so Paul decided to go to the church to share his sentiments. These people at the moment are attempting to test the validity of the messages that they've heard from Paul. They're attempting to test the validity of his office. And so yet Paul clarifies to them who he is and why he has come. But yet he has to abruptly leave to continue spreading the word of God. He can't even handle all of the business that he wants to handle. So what does Paul do? He writes a love letter to these believers and lets Titus deliver it. But yet he continues this story in 2 Corinthians, what we will be today. Because these same people have accused Paul of being dishonest. They've accused him of being unqualified. And here's the truth. They've accused him of being prideful. Mm -hmm. And just like we don't like rumors or false things said about us, Paul does not like that at all. And so Paul writes this clarifying message to these believers to defend his calling, his character, and his conduct. You see, this second letter is relevant to all of us because Paul at this moment is being persecuted, yet he continues to be faithful to God. Friends, right now in the midst of this quarantine, yes, it's uncertain. Yes, we don't know what to do, but yes, we should still be faithful to God. And so, my friends, I've come out of my house this morning just to simply encourage you a bit because I want you to know that there is hope to face the problems of today and the problems of tomorrow. Why? Here's the hope because the text teaches us in verses 1 through 2 that we have hope because God has equipped us with mercy. Look at the text. The text says, therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. My brother Paul tells these believers, I have not lied to you. Everything I said to you was truthful. I taught the church at Corinth the ways of God. I taught them the love of God through Christ Jesus. But yet he communicates this theological term that we love to use called mercy. You see, mercy is the compassion or forgiveness shown to others. Paul, you see, was the poster child for mercy. If you don't believe me, you flip on over to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 13 through 14, and you're going to get the E. Hollywood true story of Paul's life. Paul, he chronicles and says, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a a persecutor, and an insolent man, but I obtained, here it is, mercy, because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. 
And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. Many of you may look at Paul's life in that snapshot and say, "Woo! I'm glad I'm not him. But I want you to know that Paul is not the only attendee at the mercy party. We have all had invitations to this party as well. The Bible declares in Paul's words in Romans 8 that we all fall short of the glory of God. You see, and we have experienced God mercy, his compassion, his forgiveness. And because he has equipped us to have his mercy, we have hope. Friends, we've been equipped with his mercy, but the text continues by teaching us in verses three through four, you're not hopeless. Why? Because he has also equipped us with the light of Christ. Listen to Paul's words. He says, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. My friends, when I read verses three through four, it makes me hit the rewind button to think back to when I was about seven or eight years old. I was supposed to always be getting ready to go to school. However, I would sit on the edge of my bed Turn to channel 17, which was TBS, and I'd watch my favorite cartoon, Captain Planet. I loved Captain Planet, but, but the premise behind this show was that each of the planeteers had a specific power that they used in conjunction to save the world. But what I love was Captain Planet, this gray looking man with green hair would always say at the beginning of the show that at the end that after these planeteers had come together to save the world, he would now say the choice is yours. Paul right here is telling these believers in the text that the choice is yours. He's asking these believers, will you choose the skepticism of society or will you believe in the light of Christ? He, you see, Captain Planet told the viewers, all of us, that the choice was ours, but yet Paul and God through Jesus Christ is asking us the same thing. Will you follow the light of Christ that he's equipped all of us with or will you follow the darkness and the skepticism of the world? The choice is yours. Light or darkness, you choose. Friends, there may be some of you that may say, well, you know, I'm kind of skeptical about this whole Jesus thing. I, I really don't understand it. Well, I just want to tell you just like this. Think about the sun for a moment. The sun does not cease to be the sun, although the blind cannot see it. Neither will God cease to be God just because others don't believe in God. Friends, every day inside the church or outside the church, I am telling you, we need to be the church. We are the church by simply shining. This is the backdrop of what is meant by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, when he said in Matthew 5, verse 16, you let your light so shine that others may see your good works and glorify your father that is in heaven. Paul's telling these believers as well as us today, here's the simple thing, keep shining. Don't let anybody dim your light because there is hope. Why? Because we've received the light of Christ. Why? Because we've received God's mercy. But here's the truth. There's more hopeful, hopeful sentiments in this text. It teaches us in verses five through seven that we have also been equipped with his story to tell. Listen to Paul's words in verses five through seven. The text says, for we do not preach ourselves, 
but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your bond servants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Friends, what's going on at the time of this text is that the Greeks at this time believed that the message of the cross was foolish. The Jews at this time believed that the message of the cross was scandalous. And Paul urged these believers to not get caught up in these varied beliefs. But he's telling them, I need you to have faith in God. Paul's dispelling this whole myth that he's stuck up, that he's prideful or that he is sedity. You see, Paul says, I'm not like that. That's the wrong one. That's not me. Paul says, every single thing that I've done has been because the Lord has given me strength. It's been because I have leaned on the Lord and not my ability, but also because I've been entrusted with the gospel. You know, the gospel, the gospel is the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. And this is what Paul describes when he says, and we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not us. But God replaced not only a story that we did not have, he equipped us with the gospel, but here's the truth. God has also equipped us with a testimony. You see, we have this treasure, this good thing, his story that transcends time and space, his story that transcends borders and the cosmos, his stories that can break generational curses, his story that convicts hearts and regulates minds, his stories who mends families back together, who teaches humanity how to love and it teaches us all how to love. But friends, I want you to know that yes, that's the gospel, but you have a testimony, a testimony of how God has worked in inside of your life, how God has moved and how God has helped you in danger seen and unseen. And my friends, just like you should spread the gospel, you should also spread your story, not to build your kingdom, but to glorify your father, which is in heaven. Friends, I want you to know that in the midst of social upheaval, you still have a story to tell. You have the gospel, but you also have your testimony. Friends, there is hope we can make it today and tomorrow because we've been equipped with mercy. Friends, we can make it today and tomorrow because we've been equipped with a story to tell. We can make it today and tomorrow because we have been equipped with the light of Christ. But here's the good truth that ought to make your peacock proud and hippopotamus happy. You can get excited because he has equipped us with divine resilience. <laughs> Friends, if we're going to start off, we're going to end just like we started right there in verses 8 through 11. The text says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Friends, <laughs> divine resilience, you see, when you think about that word resilience, it means to withstand or to recover quickly from difficulties, which ultimately means that you bend, but you don't break. 
It means that you fall, but you don't shatter. It means that you may fall down, but you definitely will get back up again. This is what Paul meant in verses 8 through 11 when Paul describes metaphorically and rhetorically some of the hardships that he has gone through. Paul, you need to look at this because in the text, the text here would preach itself because Paul, every single time that he talks about a hopeless thing and a hopeless problem happening in his life, he always ends in hope. Look what he says. He says, I'm perplexed. Oh yeah, but I'm not in despair. He says, I'm persecuted, but don't forget I'm not forsaken. He says, I've been struck down. Oh yeah, but I am not destroyed. And through every form of difficulty, this man ends in hope. You want to know why? Because he believes in Jesus. And that same Jesus that died on the cross for each and every one of our sins, this same Jesus that loved us so much to come down 42 generations to die for sinners like you and I, This same God that raised him from the dead, we have this type of power at work in us. We have this type of power when we accept Jesus as our Savior. We have divine resilience. My friends, I want you to know that I cry just like you. My heart breaks to see people at this moment dying because of the coronavirus. My heart breaks to even witness some of our seniors not be able to possibly not graduate, but I want you to know. We have divine resilience. I want you to know that the light of Christ is still in our own position. I want you to know that we still have his mercy. And when we know this, we can live today and we can live tomorrow. It's because Jesus lives that we can face today and tomorrow. It's because he lives that we're free from harm. This I know who holds our future and life is worth the living just because he lives. Friends, our together takeaway is simply this, that Jesus equips us with divine resilience when our faith outweighs our fear. Friends, I want to know right now, is there any of you that are watching who need this Jesus inside of their hearts? If that's you that you say, man, I really need to know Jesus. I invite you today to accept this Jesus into your heart. You can do it from wherever your location may be. Just simply repeat this prayer after me. I admit that I'm a sinner in need of God's love. I believe that Jesus died for every sin that I would or could commit. And I confess that Jesus is the Lord and the head of my life. Friends, we were made to be in community and perhaps you feel God prompting and leading you to bend your life into what's happening here at Second Ponce. I let you know right now we are an imperfect group of people that serve a perfect God. But if that's you... Or even if you've accepted Jesus today, you feel free to email us at spdl.org or you feel free to just drop a sentence or two in the comment section and one of our staff members will get in touch with you. But friends, even if you need prayer, we want to pray with you. I know that life is real uncertain and we don't know it's a lot of shutdowns happening, but I want you to know we serve a risen Savior. I want you to know that this is not a performance. This is our worship. And we pray 
right now that you know you have hope. God, thank you for being with us. Thank you for helping us worship together. God, we love you. We magnify your name. Help us to know that even in our perplexing states and times of uncertainty, we have hope. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Thank you for worshiping with us. We hope to see you again. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.